The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us here on the, from the Median Radio Program. You've just heard all the details about who we are, what we are, where to contact us. And I'm going to repeat it again just in case you missed it. Of course, you can send any comments or suggestions or anything you want to do to our website, to our uh, email, which is actually also on our website. So the email is radionews with an S at fromthemedian.org. And of course, the website is fromthemedian.org. And you can call me. I always give out my cell phone because I feel very strongly about the fact that this is all of our missions, not just mine, not just yours. It's be, we need to get together and make sure that things in the country change, particularly here in our, wherever you are planted, we need to actually start to really get the message out. And today's guest is going to really help us focus on one of the areas that I feel is probably so understressed in our pro-life movement and it needs to be highlighted and we all need to get involved in spreading the good word. My cell phone number is 440-668-4049. I will, however, warn you that it's probably easier to get to me through email than it is through the cell phone because it takes me a long time to get back to you on the cell phone. So do the email if you can. However, okay, let's get going. Our guest right now joining me is none other than Terry Markoff. She's been with us before she's she is an author she is an adoptive mom she's a marketing expert and she's using all those skills to to help us to get to where we should get to she's also making sure that we understand the importance of her mission she's pretty well made it her mission in life and that is of course talking about the whole adoption part of the pro-life movement. I really think it's the most understressed, under, under-discussed part of our movement. So I, we're trying to make that different. We're trying to make a difference. So before we get to Terry, let me tell you a little bit about her. She is the adoptive mom of a 23-year-old woman who is in love with her life. And Terry's all-time favorite action hero is her daughter's birth mother, who made an adoption plan while she was a senior in high school. Wow, how brave. In 2008, Terry identified the need to more actively suggest adoption, which is what we're going to be talking about. Very small percentage of women facing Planned Parenthood choose adoption for their baby. While there are almost 2 million couples in the United States alone looking for children, looking to adopt Mm -hmm. children. Terry, without further ado, so great to have you back with us on the program. Thank you so much, Molly, for inviting me. Your book is called... um, Pro-choice, pro-adoption, a loving, positive response to to unplanned pregnancy. Why why did you decide to, 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 to write this book? The main reason I want to write the book was because there are so many women in this country who face unplanned pregnancy, first of all. That alone is about 3 million women a year. And most of them, if they want to choose life, but they're not ready to, to be parents, they don't know what to do. 
and and they need to have adoption suggested to them. They need to have some encouragement in order to be able to embrace that as an option. Do you think why are, why are young people young women who get who have to face an unplanned pregnancy why who's why are we not just suggesting this? I mean, it seems to be. A no-brainer. I know it is hard, but by the same token, we've now we've got the statistics, we've got the details, we've got study after study after study that's coming out that's showing us how damaging ab- abortion is, and yet we still are ignoring this part of of dealing with a with an unplanned pregnancy. Right. Yeah. The damage that abortion does to women is is not actually uh, rising up to a level of awareness in this country. I think it's covered up and it's pushed to the back burner because, you know, the the abortion uh, industry doesn't make money if you choose adoption. And so it's a, abortion is a money-making industry, just to look at the cold, hard facts. And so they're not the ones who are going to advocate for adoption and they're also not the ones who are going to warn us about abortion. And so you have to really be on your game. You have to be really paying attention in order to uncover all of mm-hmm. the recent information about how abortion hurts women. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of different areas there to explore if if people choose to. Um, but it's not front and center. You're not going to find it on the legacy news channels. It's not information that's, that's really, offered yeah, up to women. It was readily yeah. available. I mean, to be quite honest with you, the pro-life movement does do a, a fairly good job. But even in the pro-life movement, as I said at the beginning of the program, you know, mm-hmm. it's sort of understated. It's not discussed enough. And we really need to get this. Right. So praise God for people like you who are actually putting it out there, Terry. You, you know, I, I've, I've been going through, um, you know, the way you broke your book down. And, and it's you've got, you know, four par- parts to the book. Um, mm. And one of the things that that I noticed was that chapter two is is um, um, focused on the adoption of yesteryear. Uh-huh. That's right. an interesting thing because I think that's part of why we don't go go to the adoption part of it. Tell us about that. So the adoptions of yesteryear, what that's referring to is that prior to about 1990, all of almost. I'd say the majority of the adoptions in this country were closed adoptions. And by that, I mean, women were pushed into placing their babies for adoption, especially if they were very young. Often their parents would um, demand that they place the baby for adoption. And they would often send them to another another town or another state to complete the pregnancy and then place for adoption And then they were brought home and they were told, you will never talk about this again. And so not only did they have no choice in the decision, but they had no opportunity to heal from the loss of losing their child. And they had no information about what happened to that child afterwards. And so thank God we found out how damaging that is to women. It's just not a nice uh, situation to be in. It's not doing those women any good to treat them that way or to carry out the adoption process in that manner. And so adoption in this country has changed completely from those days of closed adoption to today's practice, which is much more in the majority, they're they're open adoptions. And by that, we mean that the woman, if there's an adoption today, it's because the woman chooses it. 
And she chooses it because she has all the information about what's best for her baby. And so even though it's extremely difficult, I don't want to understate that, the difficulty of choosing adoption. But even though it's extremely difficult, the woman would choose it today because she knows that it's what's best for her baby and she's actually choosing parents who are ready, willing, and able to parent well. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's best for her baby, she thinks. And so she's choosing adoption and um, sees it as a very loving, although challenging, course to take. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense because that's, you know, that, that's one of the things that I think um, we are fighting up against and it takes a long time. You know, I always look mm-hmm. at it like an ocean liner going down one way and then <laughs> you've got to turn. You cannot turn an ocean liner on a dime. I mean, it just doesn't mm-hmm. work. So what we are doing is we are trying to turn that ocean liner of 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 uh, of uh, how we observe things uh, and how we act towards certain things. You know, and it doesn't happen on a dime. It's going to take time. It's going to take people like you stepping, you know, stepping out and being and being, you know, um, able to to explain what it what this is all about. You are mm-hmm. also a marketing um, expert. So how has that played into what you're doing? I mean, you have a beautiful twenty three year old daughter. I, I'm <laughs> guessing it's a daughter. Yeah. Yes, yeah, she is. She, she is a she's a daughter, and mm-hmm. um, you've been busy growing your daughter and doing all those types of things. I always say that I I, I grew my children. I had to keep watering them, you know, to keep them growing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's one of those things that you really and that's why I sympathise with you there because it it is it's a beautiful beautiful process that you go through when you when children are growing and you're you know and you have control you have sort of influence over that and how they you know how they look at the world. But by the uh-huh. same time, it's very very hard and it's difficult but in the middle of all of this you've you've used your skills your marketing skills to bring this to the forefront and mm-hmm. you have a, a a beautiful website that that um that you've that you've also put together as well as a whole organization tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. that so, uh so i my husband and i adopted sydney when uh in 1999 when she was born in 99 and so, of course, as you say, the next decade was very busy, just focused on her. And then when she was about 10 years old, my friends who started facing infertility, they had delayed parenthood, they had delayed getting pregnant, and they started facing infertility, and they thought they would just adopt like we had, piece of cake. And so, and then it turns out that uh, not it was so not much. that easy not to so adopt much. <laughs> because there were very few babies being placed for adoption. And so that made me curious, like, why are my friends having such a hard time when we were so blessed? And then uh, when I found out the statistics and that it's less than 1% of the women facing unplanned pregnancy choosing adoption, that I just thought somebody needs to get the word out about this. And so when Sydney was 10 is when I started this nonprofit, and that was now 13 years ago. So, just to get the word out. Yeah, absolutely. So, so mm-hmm. as you as you go through this, um, you, you've obviously looked, you've obviously noted the change as you as we've just spoken about. There mm-hmm. is a change in 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 the way um, adoption happens because it used mm-hmm. to be always sort of you know you'd send them off to a, to, I mean the old the old thing the, the the visual that comes up is you put them in a convent until they've had the baby and then they come up. <laughs> This type of thing, but uh, that's not the way it is anymore. So, um, the inf- you talk about informed choices. Mm-hmm. 
How do you see those informed choices getting out into the community? How do, how are you marketing that piece of it? Because you're so right. Those informed choices are, are informed only two ways. Either you keep the baby yourself or you go and have an abortion. Mm-hmm. How, how do we market the, the, the informed choice of a beautiful option of adoption? So to break that down, then part of it is being informed about adoption and how beautiful that can be when you actually give your baby life and then choose capable parents for the baby. So being informed about the open adoption process today and your ability to stay in touch with your baby going forward, that can be very inspiring for a young woman who's at the crossroads of that decision. But the other part of it, too, is being informed about, as we said, the damage that abortion does to your body and the fact that single parenting, if that's what you choose at 16 or 17 years old, that's really challenging, too, because it's and and, uh, well, so it's challenging for the young woman because um, it often leads to a a very uphill battle in terms of the normal parts of life. It's, it's difficult economically. It's difficult to make ends meet. She hasn't finished her education. She doesn't have a career. She doesn't have a source of income. All of that makes it very difficult to be a single mom. Uh, but it's also hard on society because uh, single, um, ha- single parent households are statistically shown to have um, more challenging economic situation for their families than two parent households. And so just realizing that the pros and cons of all three options could lead someone to consider adoption more seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's, it's very interesting because um, you talk about, you know, the, the single, the single parent homes. Uh, this has been, uh, the, the statistics are out there. And, and I, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do right now at Cleveland Right to Life is to get a real strong presence on social media, on, on the good social media. I mean, obviously, you, mm-hmm. we're not going to get on any of the, you know, the, 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 we've already been targeted on some of the more uh, liberal type social medias. But, but I think mm-hmm. we've got an opportunity right now, Terry, and I'm, and I'm wondering with your marketing background, um, I think we have to try to find an alternate way to get this message out because the mm. mainstream media is not going to the mainstream uh, marketing avenues just don't they, they they don't even know that we exist I think <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's as bad as it is I mean you know and and if they do by any chance get a little glimpse of us you know we get shut down so but but there are ways of doing this your your beautiful <clears throat> website that that you have and it's called unplanned uh, unplannedgood.org and folks I I will put that up on our website as well so that you've got that as well as a, a link to the book, uh, Pro-Choice, Pro-Adoption. Um, do you see, uh, is this sort of something, uh, as a marketer, how would you suggest that we get this out there? Well, a- as you point out, the media is not helping much. No. And so um, it has to be a grassroots thing. And so th- the first uh, the first goal I would say might be to realize that we're not just talking to the women who face unplanned pregnancy. We need to talk to their moms and dads, their aunts and uncles, their pastors, their teachers, everybody who cares about them and has a is called to mentor them. And so, if we mentor all the young women in our lives, then we, and we have their best interests at heart, 
then we know we'll get educated ourselves about the pros and cons of all three of those choices. And so when I, I have uh, eight nieces myself and my eight nephews are also you know, getting married now and all of those young women that are in my life, um, you know, if we're the wise counsel and if we cultivate a relationship where they'll turn to us in times of trouble, then we're going to be in a better position to advocate for adoption. Mm -hmm. Just because we know that it's something that could be a healthier choice for them, for their baby and for society. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know we, we downplay. And I, I have been involved in politics for since I got involved in the pro life movement because it's a it's very much a political issue. But um, you know, the, the, it's constantly stressed that we don't have mm-hmm. any idea how impactful we are when we talk mm-hmm. to our neighbor across the fence. But right. That that is a, it can it can swing. A whole election when you start to really engage grassroots, I mm-hmm. think this almost needs to be done at that level, Terry, mm-hmm. where we where yeah. we where we consciously decide that we are going to talk about this option. Yes, yeah. yes, the the grassroots level. The other thing that I might suggest we could do, Molly, is that many of us have a normal human tendency when we see a single woman who is eight months pregnant. We have we go to a place of judgment right away, and mm. we say we say in our in the back of our minds, shame on her, shame on her for getting pregnant like that. What if we consider maybe that woman courageously chose to place her baby yes. for adoption, and she's on that path right now? Good for her. Yes. So why don't we just suspend the judgment and embrace her and say, "Good job, sweetheart. What can I do to help?" Exactly. That's so well said because that's exactly what it takes. As I say, it takes forever to do this. And it's, you know, it's, it's something that I think, um, everybody, not just, not mm-hmm. just us in the prolapse. It's just a human condition that happens. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we know all the different things. We also probably know the difficulties that the, that, that the girl is going to face. But by the same token, move forward and say, Hey, you know, well done. God bless you. You know, you've got a That's beautiful right. baby, that type of thing, which really makes a huge difference. You talk in your book. And again, uh, folks, the book is called Pro Choice. Pro-adoption, it's time for a loving, positive response to unplanned pregnancy. And it's by, by uh, Teresa Marcroft, and she's here on the, on the line with me right now and um, talking about this book. And again, I will put all of this information up on the website so that you can get that if, you, if you're driving or you don't get a chance to, to write it all down. Just go back to our website from themedian.org. Um, one of the things that you talk about is um, – the, in, in part three of your book, you talk about at the heart of adoption is the triad. Tell us about that. What is the triad? The triad is the three groups of people or people who make up the adoption. Typically, we see it as um, the adoptee, of course, the baby who's placed for adoption. The second part is the adoptive parents who take on that that uh, lifelong role of parenting the baby. And then, of course, the birth parents. So it's the adoptive parents, the birth parents, and the adoptee that make up the triad. Yeah, that's that's so true because at each each one of those, and and you know, I've heard so often in a, a parents talking to their adoptive child and saying, you know, you are so your you know you were so incredibly fortunate because your your mother got to choose who were your parents were going to be, and you you know this is and it's it's the most there's a way to to put all that together. The other very mm-hmm. interesting part that that you talk about is um, calling on men to suggest adoption. That's that was when I, when I saw that I thought wow that's very clever because that's true we got to get to the men as well. 
Right, because the studies have shown that when a woman is when a woman is in a relationship, the man in her life um, has a reaction when she's facing the unplanned pregnancy. You know, so she breaks the news to him, and he's first he's in shock, and then when he gets over that momentary shock, uh, a third of those men have no advice. They just say, "Hey, babe, whatever you want to do, whatever." And let me know. <laughs> let me know how it goes. Let me know how you're going to yeah, handle this. Yeah. And if the third of if if just that third alone um, chimed in and said, you know, let, let's tackle this together, and let's look at all of our options together. And if he really cares about her, then he would take into consideration her health in the big picture. And the you know future that they might be uh, deciding about for both the woman and the and her their future baby, but it's it's heartbreaking to me that a third of the men just stay quiet, and then more than a third of them actually promote the the abortion, abortion. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's only you know it's only about what twenty seven percent of the men who are advocating against. Abortion. Yep. Yep. A very interesting study has just come out from the Charlotte Lozier um, Institute mm-hmm. uh, showing that 60% of, of women uh, feel that they have been, that, that they were pressured into an abortion. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen that. We've, we, you know, in the, in the movement, we've seen men up, you know, I'll drive you to the abortion facility and I will, mm-hmm. I will pay for it. Uh, but I don't want anything to do with this child. So we get mm-hmm. it. There is a lot of pressure on women from all different sides and parents, you know, the parents of the girl often do the same thing. So it's very hard to break through that. It's a matter of getting yeah. this information out there to the public that this is an amazing opportunity for us to uh-huh. truly show, you know, God's love and, and the fact that this this child is every child is a wanted child. You know, every child, exactly. yeah, every yeah. Child. with so two million of- with two million people where couples waiting. My goodness, every child is a wanted child. Right, right. And then the fact that most of them say that they are pressured into an abortion. The the inverse way to look at that is that if they had been encouraged, they would have chosen something else. Yeah. Yes. That's where it comes back to your point about all of us have a role in this. Yes, absolutely. All of us could encourage her to choose life. And then if she's not ready to parent, go ahead and choose adoptive parents because they're out there waiting. You know, one of one, the chapter 17 in your book, it talks about calling on, and, and we've got a couple of minutes left, so, but, but I really want to get to this, calling on corporate America to advance more options, positive options. Uh-huh. Um, you know, very right after the Dobbs decision came down, mm-hmm. uh, Giant Eagle, which is a, a grocery store here in Northeast Ohio, I think it's also in Pennsylvania, um, Offered all of their their employees the option if they fell pregnant we will we will pay your airfare we will pay your hotel bill for you to go to another state and have an abortion. Can you imagine if they did the same thing and said if you fall pregnant we will pay all the the expenses we will take care of you if you put your child up for adoption? Wow, it, that has been really disappointing in the last year to see the corporate America response to yeah. the Dobbs decision and the and how they jumped in there so quickly to pay for abortions. Yeah. That was personally very disappointing. Yeah. But the thing that they could also be doing is just to let these women know that adoption is an option, and that if they choose adoption, they actually it, it's more work on their part, but they don't have expenses. The the expenses are typically taken care of by the adoptive parents mm-hmm. and or by the agency and or by Medicaid. 
So one way or the other, the women who place for adoption have very little financial impact, exactly. almost none. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But then again, if you think about corporate America, and there was, well, I've got to finish up here, but corporate America, the, the aftermath of a girl going to have an abortion is going to be far greater. I mean, it's it, there, there is going to be, think about that young girl, because there's no doubt, no doubt that the studies are irrefutable how much damage an abortion does to a woman. So we really have to get there. Terry, right. again, pro-choice, pro-adoption, a for Loving, A Positive Response to Unplanned Pregnancies, the book. Again, I'm talking to Terry Marcroft. I will put all this information up on our website, her website, and you can go there and also get the book. It's unplannedgood.org. Terry, thank you so much, and God bless you for doing this. This is amazing. Molly, thank you so much. I appreciate your work. All right. Take care. God bless you lots. God bless you. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class, inspiring guest. 